Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. And this week, me and Jay are going to be bringing you the things that we were watching throughout the week, and we got a review for a movie for one of the highest rated horror movies of 2019, The Lodge, which now is streaming on Hulu for you to check out. We're going to do a review for that towards the end of the show. So if you haven't seen it, we are going to talk spoilers in that review. So pop this off if you have Hulu, (laughs) pop on. Yeah, watch that and then come back in for our review. I mean, we'll put up a spoiler warning. We'll give it scores without spoiling it, but then we will go into full spoilers. But that's not until towards the end of the show. Me and Jay are going to be getting into, what are you watching? What are you watching? What are we watching? He's trying to watch some illegal channel. Always watching. No, 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 go past this. Past this part. In fact, never play this again. All right, Jay, what'd you get down to watching this week? Well, I pleasantly saw um, the fact that HBO Max has all of the seasons of No Reservations with Anthony Bourdain. Now, you know, I've I've been. I'm going to get into what HBO Max doesn't have when I get to what I've been watching this week. <laughs> but uh, yeah, take take us through well, a trip down memory lane I'll with the greatness you, that was uh, No Reservations. Yeah, it's it's really something because I you know. I saw bits and pieces, certain episodes here and there, blah, blah, blah. But I never really saw every city that I wanted to. And I had no idea how to find these episodes, you know, back in the day. Because they weren't really readily available. I think it was on Discovery Channel and then uh, one of his new... I think it was on Travel. Or tra- it was on yeah, travel. travel, something like that. And then one of his newer shows that replaced that was on CNN. Either way... Um, you know, after his untimely death, I've I, I always been a, a huge fan of him. I th- always thought he was a great guy, and I liked his shows and his premise. And I'm just trying to just watch old episodes, and it's fantastic. It's it's a great. I think, especially for this day and age, I think it's really, really good to watch. I think it's really helpful. It helps kind of broaden your mind. It helps kind of build some clarity and kind of keep yourself grounded in the grand scope of life itself in this world not just within this hungry and it's fun to watch and it, it and it makes you hungry and it makes you wish you had more money so that you could travel around the world like anthony bourdain gets to this in is that true show. this is true i mean and i think i was watching like one where he was in cheap i think i think there's a lot of good trips that if you work it out the right way like for example you know thailand's this big trip nowadays you see people going on all the time because it's it's, See, it's yeah, Americanized enough go. and it's cheap enough where people are going. I don't want to go because like I've like uh, we have a friend, a mutual friend, uh, Ryan, who he has to travel like internationally and he went to Thailand and he was sick as a dog like the entire time. Mm-hmm. He's just like he's like the minute I ate something I remember I was that. sick. Yeah. Yeah, and like I, I I've heard several I, but I've heard stories from other people who are like, "No, nah, I mean I was fine, you know." drink bottled water and you know you're pretty much good to eat anything uh except bats you know don't <laughs> eat bats <laughs> i heard the bat got him the bat oh man give me a break will you please stick to the four-legged animals that you're used to when you're dining out of country <laughs> would you like to try uh some tarantula i'll pass yeah thanks though. yeah you don't have to be venturing thanks. down that rabbit hole 
or that yeah, or that yeah. or that bat cave <laughs> or like in the philippines <laughs> i know it's like a big that. thing it's a big thing to eat the uh like fertilized duck eggs and stuff like that it's mm-hmm. also like a aphrodisiac and stuff like that and i was like you know what i'll pass man because that thing's got a beak like you're eating no thank oh, you oh god no no, no I, I don't, I don't want you. that crunch no i'm good but like i'm I'm super adventurous, like when it comes to food. Like I've eaten octopus live. Like yeah, I went to, I, I feel went to a like Japanese I'm, steakhouse. I'm they cut okay. its head off and handed it to me. Yeah. It was squirming the whole way down. Oh no, 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 no! See, I couldn't do that. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, not octopus. It was a squid. It was a squid. Oh, but same, yeah, same difference. That's even worse. <laughs> I could not do that one. I could not do that when it's still like swiggling around and alive like that. No, 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 no. No, thank you. Couldn't do yeah. it. It doesn't feel anything. <laughs> like, if you do, I feel but, it. Like, you, you feel bad when you read that like, oh, you know, when you go to the aquarium and you read the sign next to the Great Pacific uh, Octopus and it's like, has the brain capacity of like a five-year-old child. And you're like, oh, oh God. That means it was aware of what right. was happening to I know. It. I'm like, well, that's, that so means aware. it's pretty aware of a lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> like I was at one in, uh, in Philadelphia. I'm pretty much at like, like a five-year-old reading level. <laughs> <laughs> they give it like a. They were giving it like children's toys, and it had like a Mr. Potato Head in there. You would not believe what I've been through tonight. I can't find my other eye. And I was like, "What's that for?" And they're like, "Oh, they have extremely brilliant minds, and they need to like occupy themselves, or they get bored. So we have to put like, you know, toys in there for it." And I was like, hmm. "Man, people eat eat these things, <laughs> and they're like, I mean, they're not like human smart, but they're like super smart." <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, they're aware when you're when you when you pull the meat cleaver out and chop their head off and throw them down someone's gullet. They're aware. They maybe know. their maybe their sensory system isn't up to standard. So maybe maybe they don't feel it. At least I'm pretty. They I'm pretty sure aware, with like I'm pretty sure it. with like three hearts and eight arms, you 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 probably have more sensory perception mm. than humans do. They probably feel it more. Jen. Thanks, Dave. More. Thanks. 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 <laughs> All right. Uh, so I got down to watching some anthology horror this week. So bear with me for a second, Jay, because I'm going to run through some of this uh, anthology horror that I watched. First thing up was I watched the Shudder original series, Creepshow, which is presented by AMC TV uh, and the executive produced by Greg Nicotero. Uh, he's a legend in the special effects field. Uh, he, you know, he's been doing the makeup for The Walking Dead for its entire runtime. And you can say how bad that show is today and it's awful it is but the special effects are still top notch those practical effects are so well done and that's him and his team that do it well they're back at it again with creep show so i asked some people on twitter if they watch creep show and what they thought uh so paul from the countdown pod said that it lost him after four episodes and it says it's nothing compared to the films it wasn't scary or funny and was very poorly constructed huh fear eines said i liked it for Screen and Country said, I haven't seen the movies yet, though, but I have watched the series. 8BR said, watch the first two episodes, then forgot about it, honestly. And that's it. So, I mean, I don't echo quite like Paul's level where I think it was like very slapstick. It's it's an anthology series. So I believe it's six episodes, I want to say. And each episode has two parts to it. So you're watching essentially like a 22 to 23 minute long short horror story. Okay. And I will say like the the first episode, the very first story, it didn't really grab me. It was okay. 
it wasn't it wasn't anything spectacular but the second story really did grab me it was about a little girl she had a dollhouse and the dolls inside the dollhouse seemed to be somewhat sentient but the dollhouse was also haunted <laughs> and the haunted like like the haunted spirit that was in the dollhouse eventually gets out and i you know i won't spoil the ending but i found that one to be somewhat riveting because it it, it didn't hold your hand along through it it just kind of like showed you what was going on and then just asked you to take the ride with it i thought that was really well done and then there was another one where dj qualls <laughs> guest stars as a as a guy who who comes across a finger and he takes the finger home and slowly the finger starts to grow into a hand and then an arm and then a body and then the whole this whole creature that kind of looks like a neomorph from alien resurrection uh, like kind of like appears mm-hmm. and he finds out that like it's tied to his emotions so if he dislikes somebody while he sleeps this creature goes out and kills them in brutally horrific ways and usually brings back him and usually brings him back some sort of like memento so i i really enjoyed that one and then i was talking with invasion of the remake and they were telling me that they had a favorite episode it is the first half of the second episode and it involves nazis and werewolves and that's Hmm. That's all you need right there is just Nazis and werewolves. They're, they're actually going to be talking about it on their show over there on Invasion of the Remake podcast. That should be coming out next week. Yeah. So if you Intrigued. want to, you can check out their werewolf episode, and they're going to be talking about that specific episode of Creep Show. But ultimately, I can't recommend this for everybody because, first off, it's on Shudder. So that is a separate service that you got to pay for. It's $7.99 a month. There's a ton of different, like, there's not a whole lot of originals, but there's a ton of different horror movies. But you really need to be like, like Justin from Epic Film Guys. You really have to be a horror aficionado because a lot of them are old cult horror, classic horror, stuff like that that's that's streaming on there. If that's not really your thing, then this channel is not for you. And if you just want to watch this, you're probably going to have to purchase the episodes or pirate them depending on on how you feel. But I I do have Shudder. I get it through my Amazon Prime. So I, I just watched it. I, I It's been around for a while, but I was like, right, I mean, I'm going to give it a go. And I love cheesy schlocky horror and that's what this is like if you like return of the living dead then this is right up your alley i also watched the two creep show movies uh the first one is four segments and directed by george a romero and written by stephen king and then the second one has some segments written by stephen king uh, but a completely different director i like the first one better however i hear some other people saying they like the second one better but i did watch both creep show movies and the creep show tv series okay Okay. All right. So we got some interesting options out there. Yeah. I was just, I, I, th- I just started watching creep show and it got me into like this anthology horror kick. So I'll let you go on with what you've been watching. Now. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, to be honest, I'm actually going to move right into another kind of anthology type of, uh, vibe and of sorts. The, uh, the kind of erotic NC 17 kind of like not rated type films that have been recently getting popular through Netflix, uh, because of the success of 365 Days, it's this horrible movie <laughs> that uh, just bursted onto the scene in Netflix out of nowhere. And I guess that's how Netflix-produced movie, so that's why they kind of pimped it out. And it's essentially a harder-edged international Fifty Shades of Grey, I guess, of some sort. You know, it is... It's like but it's not good. You said. Oh, it's. Ter- it's I couldn't even finish it, Dave. This is. It's, it's that <laughs> bad. 
Even me. But it's NC-17. Even me. Was there at least like a lot of blood, gore, and possibly boobs to like to, to get you through it? Yeah, it's really the story. It was slow at a one hour fifty four minute movie for this kind of genre. It just didn't need to be that way. Now the fact that oh, I so it was found like Nymphomaniac. Out, well, if Nymphomaniac yeah, was like the, for the fact ever. I found out this is a trilogy of books too. So there's probably gonna be two more movies. And now I feel like I need to go back and finish it somehow, <laughs> just so, no, just so no, I can don't. like. Just know what happened. I know there's a cliffhanger. Dude, you can see it's boobs such for a free silly, on the internet. Oh, it, dude, it's like a Lifetime Channel movie, but with nudity and violence and, you know, <laughs> gangster shit. But from the success of this, it's streamlining into different related movies that are also becoming popular that came out a while back that I actually did review on the show a long time ago uh, called Love. And that was a quiet little French movie. You and I talked about it before. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of graphic sex and stuff with that in that movie. But that's all of a sudden becoming more uh, aware and known. And then through that, I actually saw a good one, a good version, finally, that I saw, um, I think it was previously on Netflix, but it was taken off a while back because it's been out since 2013 and I saw this on Hulu and it's called Young and Beautiful and it's a, a French film and it just follows a, you know this 17 year old girl and she's you know upper middle class no issues um, she ever since she lo- loses her virginity she kind of you could just tell she's filled with curiosity and sexuality but like she has no emotion no empathy about it all she she's like she's chasing the lust of the thrill of the she's a female version of you i guess i guess it's just (laughs) weird and she goes and becomes a secret low-key up upscale call girl essentially but but you know why it's awkward right because you're 35 and she's 17 and you feel awkward Mm. watching this story Mm. knowing that Mm. like that would make me feel awkward like watching i'd be like uh, it was. It was. This is wrong. But that's the thing. Like they do it in very, in a very respectful, uh, intelligent way, and it's. But it's very slow. It's a slow moving hour and thirty five minute movie. Um, but it's well done. It's well executed. I think it does bring up some interesting character study moments between the family and between with her. Um, not so much the relationship with men. It's more about her and also how it kind of blows back into the family life a little bit when she gets uh, caught. Um, but, you know, it, that was a better movie to watch. It's not overly sexual. It's not overly, you know, overt in that kind of way. It's kind of a thought-provoking character study uh, about something related to that. <laughs> all right. So that's about it. That's all I've uh, seen so far this past week. So I was trying to find... Find out whether it was on HBO Max because I was, like I said, I was in this anthology horror mood. Mm -hmm. mood, And like back when you and I were younger, you know, Tales from the Crypt was like a big deal. It was kind of like HBO's first hit TV series. If you remember when we were growing up, the Crypt Keeper was everywhere. Dude had his own Saturday morning cartoon uh, with creepy tales that were like safe for kids, and he was like the main character in it. Uh, he showed up. He he made a cameo in the Casper movie, which my uh, which my daughter just watched like late uh, earlier on this 
this weekend. So that was a fun blast from the past. That movie, first off, Casper is not a <laughs> it's not as kid friendly as you remember. Really? PG was much different for us. <laughs> oh my god, the word bitch is said like four or five times. Uh there's like people getting murdered like left and right. Uh, and the uh three brothers Good old PG. Are the, yeah, the the like the three uncles of Casper, they are uh not so politically correct all the time. <laughs> so, and, like I'm watching it and gotcha. like the the lady calls Christina Ricci a little bitch like in that tone and like Logan like looks at me and I was like it's fine just just, just don't just say go it. with it <laughs> just go with it just go with it <laughs> so I couldn't find Tales from the Crypt anywhere it's not streaming so I actually had to turn to purchasing episodes through Amazon. They were only 99 cents, so it wasn't like I was breaking the bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did manage to watch the first two seasons of it. I got through that. There's seven seasons. It ran from 1989 to 1996. And it got me like very curious as to like, why isn't this on HBO Max? It, it sounds like it's it's kind of made for that platform, right? Where they can dredge up something old from the past, but something that like people can still enjoy today. Cause we don't have a whole lot of anthology horror series out there. They used to be a dime a dozen. Yeah. When you think of the outer limits and twilight zone, I, I know not everything from Warner brothers is on HBO max yet. Well, that's so that's what it is. I don't think this it could actually, physically <laughs> happen. <laughs> it would have crashed so, the site or something like that. It would be too so much that's what content. It is. Tales from the, Tales from the Crypt technically isn't owned by Warner Brothers. This was before uh. that that kind of that kind of takeover had happened, and it never got the streaming rights. Uh, HBO never got the streaming rights to it because back in the day, they actually sold the rights for the TV rights for Tales from the Crypt over to. TNT, who was going to start producing new television series of it back in like 2017, they ended up not going forward with the project, but supposedly the TV rights are still with them. So that's something that like I found out through like, uh, like reading through different articles and HBO hasn't made any statement about it. And the producers, Tales from the Crypt, have never made a, any comments about it either. And wait till you hear the producers, like the, the main producers for this series. Richard Donner, mm. Joel Silver, and Robert Zemeckis. Talk about a powerhouse. Wow. Danny Elfman did the score for the series. Uh, it was just... It's like a time capsule. Watching this series again was like a time capsule. So uh, I had a lot of fun revisiting this, something I hadn't seen since I was a little kid. And I don't even think I understood what I was watching as a little kid. I just got a kick out of the Crypt Keeper. Like, that's it. And this this TV series was so popular. It had three film spinoffs. Three. It had The Ritual, which came out in 2006. Uh, it had Bordello of Blood, which was in the mid-90s. And it had Demon Knight, which was in the early 90s. Like, that's 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 how this TV... It ran for seven years, has some of the biggest producers in Hollywood behind it. And its main character infiltrated pop culture 
to such a high degree that even little kids who weren't allowed to watch the show knew who the Crypt Keeper was. Mm -hmm. And you can't find this show anywhere. It's amazing. Yeah, I even tried I, to find I, the DVD I, box set of it, and that was like $99.99. It, it, it'll, it'll come out soon. It, it has oh, to. Oh, eventually. Eventually. The rights will go back to HBO, and HBO will be able to, well, Warner Brothers now, and they'll be able to put it on the streaming service. It's just going to take time. But I did reach out to everyone on Twitter, and I wanted to know whether they had ever seen Tales from the Crypt or if they had any thoughts on it. Uh, over on Instagram, Justin Esquivez told me the best way to watch it is to get the DVD box set, which is what made me look up the <laughs> made me look up the the DVD on on Amazon and on eBay and realized I'd be spending over a hundred dollars for it and Woo. pass. Yeah, I'll just I'll just buy individual episodes for ninety nine cents. Uh, but Drew over at the Real Feels podcast said so so good. Paul from the Countdown Pod said loved it back in the day and Demon Knight is an awesome movie mel from the brook reading podcast said yes i was obsessed with this show when i was a kid also happy father's day dave yay so i got a happy father's day out of it which is nice uh hanging with the d said i'd love for this to be rebooted this shit was my childhood hmm. and occasionally i would urinate my undies <laughs> <laughs> And that's when we got talking, I got talking with Hanging with the D in regards to the to the TNT rights and stuff like that and why it currently can't be rebooted. Cinematic Blindspot said, watching this with my dad is what really got me into horror as a kid. I own all seven seasons on DVD and would love for At Scream Factory to get a hold and put these on Blu-ray. Wow. Vintage Video Podcast said, I used to watch the PG reruns on the, of this on the Sci-Fi channel. I was probably probably 20 before I saw one on HBO and realized they had cursing and tons of nudity. My mind was blown. And that's when I reminded him, not only was there PG versions that used to run on the sci-fi channel, there was also a Tales from the Crypt Keeper cartoon that aired on Saturday mornings. <laughs> the D&D &D show said, loved it. Demon Knight is one of my favorite films. Billy Zane is absolutely awesome in that movie. And William Sadler and an early role for Jada Pinkett Smith. Kyle A. Goth said, I own all seven seasons. And there was actually three films. He corrected me because previously I was saying there were two films, just Demon Knight and Bordello of Blood. And that's when he informed me about Ritual. I told him I was actually going to check it out because I am going to check out the other two movies. Maybe I'll talk about them next week, Bordello of Blood and Demon Knight. But he told me uh, it's not good. <laughs> Maybe don't bother with it. <laughs> Fight Cuss said, I watched it as it aired and read all the comics in the 90s when I worked at a comic book store. I loved Gaines and all that work. So I didn't mention that, but both Creepshow and Tales from the Crypt come out of 50s and 60s horror comic books that eventually went away after they created the comics code. Matt Varish said, one of my most favorite shows growing up. So I want to thank everybody for reaching out to me on Twitter and on Instagram. Yeah, I know, I've been guys. posting... I love posting like what I'm watching now and asking people because I'm just trying to get like interactions to see what other people think of this thing that I'm watching. Uh, some people, if it's something newer, maybe not had seen it, we get fewer responses. But when I put something like Tales from the Crypt up, something that like we all have a little bit of a fond memory of, it seems that it brings out a lot of people yeah right, sure Dad, but not just guys i mean like I, we love the interaction but also you know give us some feedback on your impressions on what you think of the show on yeah. on the social media but also if you have similar recommendations that you think that might be related that you might think that we should check out ourselves that we don't know about you know that'd be really cool <laughs> absolutely and if you want me to stop doing ridley scott uh fake impressions 
that's never going to happen. Sorry. Oh, how could anybody request that? That's just wrong. You can't take me off the show. This is my bloody fucking show. (laughs) Anyway. All right. So the final thing that I watched, Jay, was I needed something Saturday morning or Sunday morning because it was it was my day. I got to control the TV. So, you know, people with people with kids, you know, this your your TV is dominated by the children until they go to bed for the most part, unless you were my dad when I was a kid, in which case I had to watch racing and like baseball and I think bowling like he always had bowling on for some reason and (laughs) golf, just like the most boring weekend sports (laughs) like racing, bowling and golf were always on my TV. I didn't get the TV much other than Saturday mornings when I would wake up for a couple hours. Your your dad's playing a lot of golf lately. That's great. He is. He is. I love it. I love it. So, but like in my, in my house and in a lot of people's houses, the kids control the TV because what we watch as adults, kids can't really be around for. So it's just easier to let the kids have the TV. But for Father's Day, I got the TV and uh, man, much to my daughter's chagrin, she, she had to sit there and watch what I wanted to watch. So I put on fucking E.T. because mm. I haven't seen E.T. in a long ass time. Me too. It's on it's it's on netflix oh and i was like i'm just gonna sit down and i'm gonna watch it and some of bitch jay wouldn't wouldn't you know it i cried god not, damn not right once twice i cried twice man i used I to cry when, when i was a kid absolutely oh, oh my god i but i, I remember I we, had, when, we talked about this movie before on the on this show yeah, and it, and it, it, it scared us as kids a little bit it was right, a little scared right and it, but I had a little bit more revere for it than you did. Yeah. But at the same time, you haven't seen it in a long time. I, so I, it's probably been how, a, how does it hold close up? to a decade since I've watched okay. it. It holds up. Oh, my God. Yeah. I think watching it now, like it, it, with maturity, comes like a, a much bigger appreciation for it. Cool. But like, I, I cried when E.T. flatlines. You know, oh, yeah. I cried when Elliot is is talking to him and the heart starts glowing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I was I started crying and and laughing because like that's a part that makes you both cry and laugh. Spielberg's so good at that, uh, you know, in in these movies where he gives you this moment where like you are at your lowest and and he does minor little things. There's minor little things that happen in the movie that raise your spirits just a little bit. Uh, and I absolutely love that. And then, of course, towards the end, you know, at the very end, saying goodbye to E.T. And when the dog, it's it's not until the dog runs up the ramp to try to go with E.T. that that I really start crying. Like, it's a little tear when Elliot's saying goodbye and saying that he'll be right there and stuff like that. But then the dog goes up the ramp. And I'm like, even the dog fucking loves him. He's fucking adorable. God mm-hmm. damn it. But, I mean, that... That movie, while watching it, I did realize it's also extremely dark. While it's it's very emotional, it, it has its funny moments. It's very dark yeah, too. Yeah. Like, uh, if you really listen to what's going on when Et and Elliot are both in the medical tents and stuff like that, they're talking about how Elliot's mind is a slave to Et. He feels what E.T. feels, but his actions are also partially controlled by E.T. as well. So you wonder whether in that scene when he meets E.T. outside, you know, watching that, I always thought like I would be scared to death to see this long necked turd walking towards me because that's what E.T. looks like. He looks like a turd that you just kind of like molded into this (laughs) and put two eyeballs on. Um, I would have been like very freaked out by this long necked turd walking towards me. And Elliot instead is luring it inside. And I and, and when you hear what the NASA scientists are saying about their connection later on, you really start. I started to think like he's probably been manipulating Elliot from the beginning to not be afraid of him hmm. 
and to kind of help him. And he couldn't go to an adult because an adult's mind would probably resist that very minor nudge that E.T. is giving him early on. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. But a kid has such uh, has such an imagination, such such acceptance, and, and is so wide open and impressionable that just those tiny nudges were able to get ET inside and safe and away from the NASA and the scientists that were chasing him. And I, so, like, it takes like sort of like this dark turn as well. Like now, you have to think like, does Elliot really love him, or is Elliot now conditioned to love him? I don't want to think of it like that. Just he's ET. He's adorable. Yeah. But ET gets drunk. Elliot gets drunk. <laughs> ET e. watches The Quiet Man, and John Wayne is swinging Maria O'Hara over and plants a big fat fucking kiss on her face. Elliot does the same thing in his classroom. So it's it's a very like that's very dark. Not to mention there is a scene where like the kids are running from the police, and the police pull out their guns, and the mother's like, "No guns. They're children. For Christ's sakes." Luckily the version i watched is not the one where steven spielberg went back in and removed the guns and replaced them with walkie talkies it is the legit 1982 version with full-on shotguns pointed at kids riding bikes so it was just it was great to go back to that and watch you some inspired of it with me my to, to probably try and watch it this week yeah you got it it's been a you long time it's, it's been a long time it's it's got to be at least 15 years since i've seen it at least yeah, our, our friends over at the amazing nerd podcast right now they are having a spielberg month so they've been talking about spielberg over well there, i am re-watching uh, the, the indiana jones uh franchise so trilogy right Trill. thank you let yeah. me let's, let's let us be specific the trilogy because yeah. it is on netflix right now it and is, yeah. and i don't own uh the movie so I, I I you know I just finished the first movie and I'm just going to be watching two and three and then I'll watch ET right after I finish the trilogy. <laughs> Absolutely, the Indiana Jones trilogy. Uh, yes, right, right. yes. <laughs> uh, it's this is like this is like Trump cutting funding <laughs> to uh, <laughs> to to uh, the COVID nineteen testing centers where it's like that's that that's basically sticking your fingers in your ear, closing your eyes, and ignoring a problem. That's that's what we do, but with crystal skull. Well, <laughs> just stick your fingers in your ears movie, close your eyes and ignore yes. it yeah, yeah it should, but it does have that badass scene where he comes out of the uh refrigerator not the refrigerator that's that part's not cool but just indiana jones walking uh in front of that mushroom cloud because <laughs> i just really like the symbolism of that but other than that the whole movie's garbage yes <laughs> just garbage yes all right so that's what we got down to watching this week it's time for me and jay to get into a very little bit of news mm. but it's all good news. it's all interesting news so stay tuned Jay, some some crazy news. You shared this with me. This is old news. It's about two weeks old. But since we were just talking about Indiana Jones, let's get into our first news story. Like we said, all good news in this news segment. David Cope, the writer that was behind the Indiana Jones sequel, which is not part of the trilogy, that which shall not be named, Crystal Skull, is no longer going to be writing the script for Indiana Jones 5. Mm -hmm. All new writers are being brought in. Yep. complete script overhaul stripping it down to its bare necessities meaning it will be a story with indiana jones and the writers are going to be starting with that and going on yeah I, <laughs> david cope's script is gone 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know exactly who they brought in. Um, I just know that his his particular story and script it's it's done. Um, uh, essentially, he left when Spielberg left. Obviously, Spielberg and Kep has has a huge long history, and it is James Mangold who is going to be directing Indiana Jones Five. We did a news story on that a couple weeks ago. Yep. Uh, you know, the same guy who Exciting. did that awesome movie Logan, uh, and also Three Ten to Yuma oh, yeah. and The Wolverine. So it's got quite the pedigree behind it, and uh, it's now Jonathan Kasdan. Jay, mm-hmm. who is who is writing it? David Cope is gone, okay. but Jonathan Kasdan, uh, obviously writer of a lot of the new Star Wars movies, is now behind it. They have the writer on it, so color me interested again. I mean, that's that's. I mean, when me and you heard that David Cope was going to be penning the script, we both said the exact same thing. Nope, not wasn't not happy. Do it. Wasn't happy. Wasn't happy. No. Not happy. But. Now that he's gone, he's gone away with he's Spielberg. He's been doing too much garbage lately. I know. I don't know why he's so popular with the studio system with these big, big franchise movies. Maybe he's just a, a classic cookie cutter type of writer for some that's, degree. That's exactly what it is. He comes in and he cleans up. Right. Someone someone writes a script, but it's not quite what the studio is looking for. It might be too edgy. It might go in a direction that they don't he like. He smooths it they out bring, to a PG thirteen. They bring David Cope. Right. <laughs> they film. bring David Cope in right. and and David. Cope does what he does for the studio and gives them something that is how do you sleep at night on top of a pile of money with many beautiful ladies just asking right it's 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 for everybody he's that guy that like smooths out the cracks and any any little blemish that would have made it interesting is now is now and, smoothed over. And let's be honest, your six-year-old and your and your twenty-five-year-old. I really don't want to hate together. on him too much because he has produced some interesting uh, things over the years. I mean, he's even directed uh, a few things that were were decent uh, to me. Some things were horrible. Some things were decent. But you know, he, you know, he. I think he does a little bit of the Spielberg thing as well. I think maybe he does a little bit of uh, two for them, one for me kind of thing. I think he's. <laughs> I think he's one of those kind of guys. I think he does a lot for the studio system. I think he does, a, you know, a couple things here and there for himself. But ultimately, I think he's a, a lot of times working uh, for a paycheck. I think he's a ghostwriter a lot of the majority of the time. I think I really do believe that because of the fact of his uh, prominent standings with the studio system. Studios love ghostwriters. They come in and they polish a turd. You know, that's essentially what they do. And I'm sure he's doing that on on the slide just for you know a few hundred grand, uh, you know, cash in in his bank account. But anyway, it's it's certainly you know it's it's heading back into the the right track. It's I it's, think it's on the right path. It's on exactly. the right path, and hopefully it's sooner than later because Harrison obviously is Harrison Ford, and he's about to crash a plane sometime soon. <laughs> All right, Jay. Time to move on to our next news story. All right, Jay, some more good news. Way back when, way back in the day, you and I postulated this thing. We just talked about it a couple weeks ago, actually. But we postulated this thing where you bring Michael Keaton back as Batman, but you have him playing Batman, the older version of Batman, and you tell a story that exists in the old Burton-verse of either The Dark Knight Returns or Batman Beyond, but something with like the aging older Bruce Wayne. Sure. And uh, that, w- that was just a pipe dream. That was just me and you yeah. shooting the shit, just fans being fans, just discussing the the what-ifs of, of the movie world. And some bitch, if dreams don't come true, 
We don't know in what capacity, but Michael Keaton will be returning as Batman in the Andy Machete directed The Flash movie. Well, reportedly Flashpoint, which will be coming out in 2022. Yes, with Ezra Miller playing The Flash still. With Ezra Miller returning as The Flash. And the rumor that it is Flashpoint is because, A, they've already named this movie Flashpoint at one point or another. But again, also, it like you said before in pre-production, it does make the most sense. It makes the most sense because Flashpoint was an event that happened in the comics that they kind of used to reset the universes. And let's face it, the DCEU as it stood when the Flash was introduced in Justice League and stuff like that doesn't exist anymore. So you do need something to correct that universe and a flashpoint story very well fits that mold Mm -hmm. and 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 dude how fucking fun will that movie be like at any given moment you're not going to know what the hell is going to happen oh (laughs) it's going to be so exciting you're going to be wide-eyed edge of your seat the whole time it's going to be a ball it's gonna be a ball and then with this news just dropping right now the past uh, day or two uh, oh god How can you not be excited? I've been reading articles and watching some YouTube videos and stuff like that. And really, Michael Keaton's role is all completely rumored. On IMDb, he is listed as playing Batman. But they don't say whether he's a Bruce Wayne, like he was in in Tim Burton's Batman universe, or whether he's a Thomas Wayne, which is the older version of Batman who appears in Flashpoint. Because in Flashpoint, you see, Jay... As the Flash is transported into the alternate dimension, he or the alternate universe, he meets up with a Batman. It's a gun-toting Batman who kills criminals and finds out that that is not Bruce Wayne. That is actually Thomas Wayne who kind of became this gun-toting vigilante, much like the Punisher in, over in Marvel Comics, uh, and took on this moniker of the Bat after his son was killed right in front of him and his wife who was also present went insane right and became the joker now you want to get nuts come on let's get nuts and that's the kind of world that that thomas wayne would come from and if it is flashpoint it is very possible that michael keaton could be playing thomas wayne i saw some publications where they said that's where he was gonna be playing i saw some other publications some other youtube videos where they're like no he's returning as bruce wayne as batman and no word on whether it's the burton it's it could i just go don't want to overcomplicate the fucking story right that's the that's the thing that's a very geek story you know, not many people it is. know about it that is. story. <laughs> so how are you gonna how are you gonna you know how are you gonna teach Joe Schmo from Idaho what the hell is going on? Like why is Michael Ke- who is Michael what the fuck is going on Listen in this to movie? You, you, sound, you sound like you're like the professor of a poly science course. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Schmo from Idaho. How are you gonna convince Joe Schmo from Idaho voter to vote for your candidate? Anyway. Uh <laughs> But I, I do love the story of Thomas Wayne in Flashpoint because, you know, he, he does everything he can to help the Flash after learning that in the Flash's universe, Batman, uh, I'm sorry, his son is alive. And he, he kind of writes his son a note for when Flash goes back to his universe to give to young Bruce. And it's one of the few times you see Batman cry when he's reading that note from his father. And, and, and it's 
it's one of my favorite moments in DC Comics history. It's one of my favorite scenes uh, in DC animated movies where they do that in the Flashpoint cartoon. And I think I would just love to see that on screen. But who would play Batman in Ezra uh, Ezra Miller's universe? You really couldn't get into that because Affleck's gone. You really and can't. Pattinson isn't part of the same universe per se so yeah um, I, I, looks I like know. my dreams will be dashed there but there is no set word on what version of batman i don't really think it matters to be honest i i do i i think if they're gonna recast the batman i think it would better suit that keaton doesn't play bruce where it's all mixed up so everybody can play anybody so it gets a little bit more comfortable and that kind of was like well i get so, that but so wh- why Ezra is- miller did appear as the flash in flashpoint on the flash television series on the cw uh, that's true so true. they've already established in dc that like just because you're from an alternate universe doesn't mean that the alternate you looks like the you that you are now mm. so yeah are we making sense that, yet that was not that a, was not a pretty a, cool a, episode not a fucking lick none of us are making sense but yeah they come face to face and i love that <laughs> i i don't watch the flash tv series anymore but i did make sure that i watched that scene oh yeah because uh, ezra miller yeah, brilliant YouTube he's that. brilliant oh he's great i oh, i've always been a big fan of ezra um and i i really do think he deserves his his time and and you know in this role more you know his role in fantastic beast sucks <laughs> so let him have yeah. some fun with this flash roll. <laughs> Apparently, the rumor is Prudence will have a whole lot more to do in, oh, in the third film. Oh, it's just so dark and film. moody so, and depressing. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's going to do it for our news this week. Me and Jay, obviously, excited like everyone else is in fandom over uh, Michael Keaton returning as Batman in yeah. some capacity. Uh, but exciting. you can give us your thoughts on who, he's gonna, who you think Keaton is going to be playing or who you think... Or which version of Batman you think he should be playing mm. in the Flash movie. You can reach out to us on Twitter at SuperMoviePod. And uh, Jay, that's it for our news, man. Me and Jay are going to do a brief ad for our sponsor this week before we get into our review for The Lodge. This week's sponsor of Super Movie Bros is Manscaped. Now, you've already heard me and Jay talk about the lawnmower, which is good for, for, for trimming your area, and oh, yeah. the weed whacker, which is good for trimming the nose and the ears, where you start getting those little alfalfa sprouts and those booger bristles coming out of your nose. <laughs> that, that, that stuff's great for taking care of that stuff. But I want to talk to you about the other stuff that's on the Manscaped website. You got the Crop Preserver, which is anti-chafing ball deodorant. You got the Crop Cleanser, which is pH-balanced body wash. The yes. Crop Revolver which is aloe vera refreshing spray so like you did a little bit of work you, you feel that that little bit of like funk on the undercarriage you just use that crop reviver refreshing spray and boom baby absolutely especially nowadays dave in the summertime especially the crop preserver i'm using that almost every day Especially when I feel like I'm going to be going out, I have a long day, if I'm going to go to the beach, if I'm going to a party, or if I have a date, or even if I'm about to record a podcast, I put that shit on because I know it's going to be a long day 
with my balls and I need to make sure I stay fresh. Yeah. It really does stop your balls from turning south of cheese. And, and it so, helps with the shaping. <laughs> yes. You're right. It absolutely helps with the shaping. And I noticed like when I use like I, I'm the type of guy I like to smell good. Right, like I yep. order special soaps because I like the way they smell, special shampoo just because I like the way it smells, and I love the way that this stuff smells, and I love the way that it takes care of me. In that, you know, in that area with the anti-chafing and stuff like that, my favorite thing is like I get confidence knowing that I smell good. Oh yeah, that's that's something that this stuff does for you. You know, you you just feel better. So head over to Manscape.com, use our promo code SMB Shave, get. 20% off your order plus free shipping with Manscaped and Super Movie Bros. And remember, shave your balls and wash your ass for a better sex life. Goddamn right. So, promo code SMB shave. Use it. myself got to watching a movie that was streaming on hulu it was one of the most talked about horror movies of 2019 that's the lodge it was directed by severin fiala and veronica franz they are the directors behind goodnight mommy which is a cult horror film that came out several years back but this is the story of two children who are stuck in a log cabin with their soon-to-be stepmother, and she kind of has a dark secret that the kids figure out early on in the movie that she once was part of a religious cult that all committed suicide with the exception of her. She's the one that was meant to spread their message. And they kind of toy with this idea of trauma and how affected by the events of her time spent in the cult how affected by those events is she? And sure. uh, it's it's wonderful because it is a tale of isolation and it's also a tale of trust and not knowing who to trust. Sure. And cults and yeah. brainwashing and cabin you know, fever, man. It's, cabin it's fever just, and everything. Um, medication. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all, all kinds of uh, fun little themes. And the cast, in. the cast was great. Uh, Riley Keough, it really was. Uh, who plays Grace? She plays the soon-to-be stepmother, and you know, someone we talked about last week, Jaden Martell uh, from It returns here uh, in this in this film, and he plays the older son, Aiden. He he, you know, uh, watch out for this fucking kid. He chooses some interesting projects. He does. This is good, man. I this this I enjoyed him. He here. I he's gonna be like the next Gosling or something. Like he's gonna be. I don't know. I like I, I like his his choices so far. But Riley Keough, I think, was the was the standout. You know. While while Jaden Martell was great, I think Riley Keough was like the, the oh, yeah. standout in this. I thought she yeah, did a fantastic Riley job. Riley she's role. been a indie darling for a while now. Um, you know, she's she's been fantastic. She does a ton of different indie movies. Uh, she's always strong. She's got that. She's got that Amber Heard look without the psychosis that comes with it. 
Right. She portrays it on screen. <laughs> she does. Yeah. She doesn't just get to portray it on screen, but yes, I don't see anything has about that in real chops. Life. Right. She also was in Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, she played one of the one of the wives. She played Capable, and she was also Kim from It Comes at Night, uh, and also an American Honey, uh, yeah. the great indie darling that I love. Um, She's got a recognizable face. When you see she her, does. you you recognize and her. And there's a reason why. Yeah, or you she, confuse her for Amber Heard, whichever one. But <laughs> Or Elvis Presley. <laughs> Elvis Presley. <laughs> it's her grandfather. <laughs> it is, yeah. There's two things you need to know. Uh-huh. I'm the king. And number two is... Look out, man. Look at that. You're coming at you. You see that? It's called karate, man. And only two kinds of people know. The Chinese and the king. Um, so That's anyway. why she doesn't have to do the corny blockbuster movies to no, just yeah, to stay yeah. Alive. She can get yeah. she can get she, deep with she this can stuff. Get by. Yeah, uh, but I just want to know, Jay. You know, this is not your wheelhouse. Horror is no, not your I thing. No, I never, I never even heard of this movie. So that was funny to to hear that this was like a like a like a under I don't want to say underground, but like a a low key horror hit in 2019. Sleeper. So it's a little bit of a sleeper. Yeah, but what I've gathered is that. Not fans? many people saw it, but when right. the people who saw it loved it. Right. right. Fans right. like it. Critics are middling on it. And that's 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 what I've gathered. But um for people who who like horror, cult horror and stuff like that, who saw Goodnight Mommy, this was on their radar. And I'll be honest, I knew that this is from the directors of Goodnight Mommy. I saw Goodnight Mommy. I didn't like it. I, I I reviewed it on the show a little bit. I was mm-hmm. not a big fan of of Goodnight Mommy, and it's a very similar type movie in tone and and theme, uh, but okay. very different type movie as far as visuals go. And obviously, that is a European film subtitled. This is an American sure. film. Uh, you know, no subtitles and stuff. This is so, the first Hollywood movie, I guess. Essentially, essentially. Yeah. And I I enjoyed this a whole lot more. Uh, cameo from. Uh, alicia silverstone in the first sure. like five ten minutes of the film don't get sure. used to her but she's there <laughs> don't she is attached. she is she's uh she's also uh you know she was in the killing of a sacred deer yeah and and she's been doing some very dark movies like these really obscure small roles in dark prestige movies she has less screen time than drew barrymore did in scream so <laughs> Don't get used to her. But she was great. She was great. She was. Look, she was great. Yeah. It took me a while to realize that was her because you're so used to seeing shit. Yeah. She does not look. She does not look. um, She just doesn't look the same. I don't know. I don't know what to say. But let's let's get away from the acting, which we we think was was not right. bad at all, good in parts, and for for one actor, pr- pretty damn good. Uh, but let's 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 get into like I was talking about. This is not your this is not your genre. But after I finished it, once I was done, in my mind, I went like, "This is up Jay's wheelhouse as far as horror is concerned." Yes. So I immediately told you like, "You got to watch this," and we're going to talk about it on the you show. Did. I and the see fact that you where we differ said that kind of raise my eyebrows a little bit because that's saying something if you're reaching out to me to to, to tell me to check out a film well i mean not, I know not just you. any film but a hereditary midsummer uh, sure. it comes at night like these right. are horror right. movies that like they speak that, to you because they're not conventional sh- and they're in they, the indie vein and they're they right. got they have a sense of grounded quality to it that more psychological than, drawn than, to yes that's the stuff slasher. that i'm drawn to more right exactly. right exactly so as soon as I watch this, and and for you guys who haven't seen it yet and are listening to this, 
this for a spoiler free review if you liked those movies and, and even like you know uh, vivich the witch like that that vein this is in that wheelhouse of the hereditary mm-hmm. and midsummer and it comes at night and the witch and stuff yeah. like that it, it kind of fits in with those it's i in certainly would say you know this is a jay's indie corner it could have been a film that I would talk about, perhaps, yeah. if I stumbled so, upon this. What was so overall, Jay? What were your thoughts on the film? What did you like without spoilers? I'll tell you, um, Dave. What I did you I, like? I feel like I can't really talk. <laughs> this is such a spoiler-heavy film from start to finish. Where I, it's really. I think we've already glossed over the whole film and our viewpoints of it all. So. Like I, I don't know what else oh, to I say had, for non spoilers. I, I, I love I love the I love the feel of it. I love I do, the look I of do it. okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's very so cold. I, I do love the way it's shot. The cinematography is fantastic. I think the music is great. And one of the cool uh, the things is they of, put their they put their inspiration for the look of this movie right there on TV for the kids and, and the future stepmother, Grace, to be watching. They put it right there on the TV, the thing. John Carpenter's The mm. Thing from nineteen eighty two. Yeah. If you the look of this movie is very similar to that dark, bleak, sure. white out, snow outside, you know, cabin fever, and the scene they're watching was nobody trusts anyone anymore. It was that that moment where McCready says that it was yeah. like kind of like right there, and you're like, okay, that's that's their inspiration for the tone and for and for the look. I mean, that's what the cinematographer went for. Oh, yeah. when they were doing this, so like and, that's it, the look it, I it want. Was, stark it was strong and bleak. <laughs> So. And and to be honest, the the story I think um, without getting into spoilers right now, I think was great in hindsight. I just did not like the reveal. I of, I was not crazy big, about the reveal. I did yet. not like the reveal of of what was going on. I, mean, I did not believe it. At the they time, dupe you, I, and makes, then they dupe you it, again. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's twofold. It's, it's yes, yes. It's and, a double and, twin. And, and, <laughs> so there, that that was what really shaded my grade score yeah, J- for Jay this doesn't, movie. Jay because, doesn't like wool being pulled over his eyes. He's he's not a bright man, <laughs> so he doesn't like being fooled when it comes to his films. Let alone being yeah. fooled twice by the same film. You know, because first time it's shame on the film. Second time yeah. it's shame on Jay. <laughs> Fool me once. Shame on, shame on you. You fool me, we can't get fooled again. Because I really did. I mean, this was this had some of the most horrific imagery. stuff and without, imagery and sensibility. Being crazy gory. And we, even it, the story of it as a whole. I mean, right. this, this is a great horror movie in, in, in its whole construct. And... I, I'm telling you, I'm putting it up there. I mean, it was, and it yeah. could have been way higher of a grade if they didn't have a couple of reveals or one reveal that I did not like. like but. You know, like Midsummer and like, um, Midsummer. like, like Hereditary, uh, Midsummer, whatever, Midsummer. whatever, <laughs> like, like those two movies, the way it uses its, its horror elements, it's, it's blood it's it's shocking moments it's sparing and few and far between Mm -hmm. but then when they show it it's done in such in such a blatant way and the camera always holds on it for like that half second too long to make you just that much more uncomfortable yeah and yeah. it works. It, it yeah. really works because it's, it's very well crafted. Right. When when you first look at something that's like minorly horrific, you're like, ah, oh, why isn't it going away? 
Ah, and you almost want to turn your head yeah. just at that moment yeah. where you're about to turn your head. The camera cuts to that's to, the to, stuff to keep that sticks out, it's especially good. with especially with people like us. You know, who see a million movies, and you know, you're 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 waiting for the the usual cut. Yeah, it's a or little something thing. Like that. It's a it's minor just, thing. That's the stuff that, especially for this kind of genre and this kind of movie, it works so much more effectively. And even like the camera angles, the setups, the the cinematographer did a great job with with setting up camera work. Um, oh yeah, from and- different kind of angles where it's slightly disturbing. You know the nuances and 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 the way that it also took its time. Now this is pushing two hours. It's not quite two hours, but. Right, it's close to two hours long, and, and and you you do feel it in parts. I would say mostly in the in the in the earlier side of the film, but um, it, it's ultimately worth it. I think you one know? of my favorite things that they did was they show you the property that they're on when mm-hmm. there's just like a, a light light snow on it. It's it's snow covered, but you still can get a grasp of geography of sure. you know, the woods are over there the lake is over there the driveways here you don't feel shrubbery. abandoned yeah right either side as time progresses and and they become more blanketed in snow it that all becomes washed out and it's a flat plane from the front door out into a void of of nothingness and that's one of the things that i think the filmmakers did a great job at at doing is like these these minor changes in the geography around the place really adds to the loneliness really adds to the vastness and and this essential void that they're in so when they give you this this twist this first twist this first like little hint at what's going on you are you're believing it right because you're like you know what? That might be it because look at it outside. There's nothing outside those windows. It is vast emptiness. Maybe it is leaning that way. And you know, it it, it takes you on a ride from there. Uh, and you know, other than it's 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 ending, I, which which I still enjoyed. It just wasn't what I expected. I thought like they hit their high note and then kept going a little bit, and then it ended, and I was like, ah, you could have dropped me on that high note. <laughs> <laughs> but instead, you let me go down a little bit with it, and then you ended it. So, uh, but Jay, what's your score for this before we go over and get into spoilers? A minus. A minus. That's yeah. where, right. I'm right there. A minus. That's yeah. exactly where this, I'm at. This I, this was gonna be th- th- this was up there for me, and, and I will be like watching I, like this I said, again. I think I will too. To be honest, like this really stuck with me. I I'm so pleasantly surprised by this movie, and I think there's a lot of layers and 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 depth in into this enough right. where it has rewatchability. I checked and into also, it. The reason yeah. you and I didn't know much about it is because it didn't come to theaters near us. It was a limited theater release, which normally AMC by us, our AMC 24 in the Shaman has at least a one week. Normally gets that. Sure. It, it sure, was not yeah. there. I searched. Okay. We did not get it. It was at the Ritz five down in the city, mm. but it was not here. Uh, but our friend Justin over on Epic Film Guys, he went and saw it at the Alamo Draft House, and our friend Justin Winters from So I Married a Movie Geek, he saw it. He's actually the one that kind of told me like have you seen this and i was like no but it's on hulu and i plan on watching it and he's like do it now don't really? watch it with the wife and i did watch it with lauren and i'm happy to report that lauren too enjoyed <laughs> it not as much as i did but she did enjoy it so uh a minus is what we're going to be given to lodge jay let's head over and let's do a brief spoiler segment before we get out of here 
If you haven't seen the movie, this is your chance to jump off. I want to thank you guys for listening to Super Movie Bros. Yes, thank you guys. Uh, and we will uh, catch you on the next episode. Yeah, definitely. Hit that spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. All right, man. There's something that kids got to learn. It's that you don't mess with psychosis. <laughs> if someone is on medication, oh if someone's on medication for psychosis, let them keep their medication. Like that, that's one of the things I took away from this was like, she is a traumatized person, but yeah. as kids, they, they just don't, they understand don't understand trauma. trauma. They don't, they don't know trauma. Right. They're, they're interested by it. They don't, but they, they, they should, shouldn't they? they? Because they no, are, not they are really. traumatized. They are traumatized themselves. Their mother, Alicia Silverstone, blows her brains out in the beginning they're brand new to trauma they don't know how to react to trauma they're lashing out they're they're behaving how a a fresh trauma person would react you know from in that from that instincts to take it out on her so like the the movie starts with with alicia silverstone who is their mother oh baby the way they did a great job with that execution with her suicide, oh, that was so realistic. She goes to see her husband, and he's obviously living at like their vacation house or like a different house for as as her, and she's mm-hmm. dropping the kids off for the weekend. But she's kind of clearly in the vein of hopefulness that they will be D- getting denial, back together. Yeah, denial right. and and, and stuff he like drops that. the bombshell that he's going to be marrying Grace, this girl who Alicia Silverstone clearly knows that he was dating because at one point before they started their conversation, he says, "Don't worry, she's not here," even though she was there. So he starts his conversation off with her with a lie she was the main figure in his book so he wrote a book about her cult and and that's how he knows her so he's known her for years for this research so it's a cheating and it's, it's obviously a cheating, a cheating into a relationship type of situation so yes so that's um, that's the final knife in right. in alicia silverstone's heart and she goes home after dropping her kids off for the weekend and pours herself a glass of wine sits at the dinner table and puts a gun in her mouth and blows her brains out yeah. Very right in front just of you. Just very matter yeah. of fact. Just not even finishing her glass. Just right. two or three sips, reaches in her purse, miss, you know, fuddles around a little bit. She literally, without hesitation, she puts it in her mouth and boom, done. But she's a religious person. She's passed that on to her daughter. Not so much her son, it seems, who's more of a pragmatic person like his father is. Mm-hmm. But he's she's clearly passed that on to her daughter. And the, the, the kids go stay with dad and stuff. And dad is talking about marrying Grace, the girl from his books. And he wants to go spend the weekend with them. Uh, I'm sorry, the entire holiday season with them up at their cabin. And that's when the kids get the idea to play a trick on her pretty much where they they fake that they all died they get rid of everything in the house yeah and they leave it so that it looks like they died and they're now, all now, in purgatory now dave did you know this while it was first going on yeah i i figured out that i did it not was i was joke. very perplexed i thought it was just all her delusions and her sleepwalking and everything like that i definitely did right. not think it was the kids so and at that's first, why I thought when it was I found out it was way, way after the fact, I was pissed. But I figured out that 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 the kids were probably playing a trick on her. But they did a good job when Jaden Martell kind of like hangs himself in uh, along the attic stairwell, and you think he's dead, and then he pops back to life. See, right. we're dead. I can't be hurt. And I was like, oh, man, all right, maybe that is what's going on. Wait a minute, there's like a half hour left. That can't be all that there is. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then they give us the reveal that they're that they're playing uh, a joke on him. But yeah. I I loved how like they planted these seeds. Like, like I just thought it was too much. Like they went for especially as kids went way too far and too thorough. To I, it was just too they much. They do a good job. It was just too much. I, I, it I just, definitely took some it, planning. It, like it, they it printed pissed, out the missing. It really pissed me off because they they printed out the obituaries. Um, mm. Obviously, before they got up there, you know they they had this plan in place, and they kind of do tease you that this plan was in place. I know because they, they did a little bit in the dollhouse, a little bit the dollhouse. Yeah, the the daughter's obsession with the with her mother's doll and the other dolls in her dollhouse. She basically had set up the scene. They used the dollhouse to to stage their crime essentially, and make no bones about it. These kids are guilty of a crime, like hundred <laughs> percent. I don't know what it is, but these kids are guilty of a crime for sure. It's kidnapping, maybe. <laughs> it is. It's extremely fucked up. But one of the things they take from her is her medication. Man, they take her fucking meds, and she goes off her rocker essentially, believing their their lie that they are dead, whole ham. And she she begins to do what she did in the cult. She reverts back to what she knows and her state of trauma, and that's repenting for her sins. That was a big theme that we see. Repent, yeah. repent, yeah. and nothing sin, kills me sin. more yeah. Yeah. than watching her roll that board that that log out of the fire and kneeling on top of it on the hot embers. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. could just hear her screaming, and I'm like, mm-hmm. "Fuck!" They don't even show it that much. It's not like a close up where you see like skin oh, peeling you, off and you bone don't, showing. You don't have to. You don't need to. Her you screams have to. say it all. And seeing um, the kids traumatized by what the fuck yeah. they've been doing, um, and, and then what, and then the, when the, the dad level, gets shot, what, what they've. Oh, dude. <laughs> It's a fucked up movie. It's a fucked up I movie. I know. Dude. After all that, and he's coming back, and 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 you know, he's 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 just literally just stumbles back into the house, like you know, thinking that things are great, um, or hopeful, hopefully, and 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 the fact that she's off her rocker like that, and and he tries to you know coerce her down and and speak to her and try to get through with her, but she's she's been too far gone without her meds. She's out there. And not just without the meds, Dave. It's also the kids pulling oh, yeah. all these pranks to like solidify her own oh, yeah. delusions even then, of what she thinks she's going through. My favorite part is when the kids are like the kids are like, It's a joke, you know, we were joking. And I believe like it seems like they start trying to like crush her pills up and kind of like feed them to her in like various ways. And in my mind, I was like, "It's too late, kids." Yeah, I got like, to. Re- I got to rewatch this movie. You're I do. too young to know get, this, with the, but with like, the, yeah, even yeah. even if you get her to take her pills, it's days, weeks before yeah. she even. Oh, we out know again. that from where we used to work at. I mean, it takes yeah. a long time. The, the The medication game is the long game. Like you, it's very it long. takes it's. <laughs> it's so not regardless, just a, a magic pill, and you're good. You have you know, to find like, the right magic pill, and you have to know the have right dose. Couldn't they have just like yeah. slashed her tires yeah. or like cut her hair and her anything, sleep? Anything, dude. You know, anything. <laughs> this that's that's what drove me nuts. Like I I, I did not I, I couldn't yeah, believe Jay, it. I didn't Jay, trust it. I didn't I did not I didn't think it warranted. This woman this in their mind is the cause of their mother's death. For them, it's not just daddy's marrying a new so woman. Young, we don't and like they her. Pulled, I don't know. They, the, but they're the, really the not. Amount of shit that they did. Because the girl is, dude. The girl's like seven. The girl is, but but she wasn't the ringleader in this. She was complacent yeah. in it, sure. But Aiden came up with this, and I he's clearly know. a fifteen to sixteen year old kid. Yeah, so I, I just and 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 you're you're. I mean, uh, you used to work at a facility 
with kids that suffered from multiple levels of intellectual disability. And still, there were times where they outsmarted us. Both of us worked there. Sure. Uh, so never put it past anybody to to be able to, to sell this. Not to mention, they weren't selling it to us as the audience, right? We were shown what the filmmakers yeah. wanted us to see to sell us that. But as far as she is concerned, she's locked in there with now, them. This is all she sees. And they're doing right. this to a person who suffers from mental health issues right so therefore it's a little bit easier of a sell they don't have to work at it so hard now i think we differ on the ending you talk about obviously how no i'm talking about the very end like the the very end at the table yes I, i i did like that but it was like everything after the father was shot where i was like this is just taking like almost like too long at this point and okay I do, I do love where they okay. ended it though, with the with the tape over the mouth and the sin, which oh, is the same I image. It. I loved that it, but she's I had. also love the kids uh, acting. I think they understand, like they kind of, they're oh, they also obviously scared and they're shot, like, but they know this is this is on them. They have to do this. Like this is this is the only thing that they can do right now. <laughs> they they like, they gave in. Like it, it's just it's it's oh my god. I loved it. I loved that was a big part of it for me was the fact that they were, I want to say complacent, but they accepted their fate, you know, with with what what they put um, themselves into, like the situation. They made this mess, and now they're gonna have to eat it and and die with it. Um, so here's my and, theory on 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 the oh, ending right dude, there it's, it's, is that she she's not is, gonna die. She's gonna live. No, no, she, Grace <laughs> right? is going to die. She is going. Oh, to you die. think she's gonna? Okay, she's okay. taking the role of the cult leader, and remember, oh, he killed himself. Okay. Gotcha, she gotcha. has to leave a witness to carry it on. Which so is more who? than likely, the daughter would be the witness. I don't know. She taped over her mouth too, though. She taped over both of them. She had a, she had tape over her mouth when she was left as the witness uh, for the cult as well. She, she still had sin, yeah. Uh, she still had sin taped on her mouth. Huh. So she's the one that had to bear witness. So I think that the daughter this time around, the younger daughter, Maybe. will be the one that has to bear witness. And Grace and Aiden are going to have to die maybe maybe and i think that's okay i mean obviously it cuts away so we don't know for sure who well dies maybe there's a better hint when we, when we you know we, you know we rewatched this and we talk about it maybe on air maybe off air whatever but like i'm excited to watch this again <laughs> to be honest especially after talking about it with us there's gonna uh, definitely be more clues the second time uh, around that you yeah, watch it cause, but cause what i want to some... know is when did you know that it was that they were playing a joke on her was it when you saw when aiden hung himself or was it when you saw the radio in the attic playing the her her old cult leader over and over again um, so that she thought it was psychosis where she was having flashbacks but I in think reality, it was I think it was, it was the, playing the radio. I know I think it was I think I was really stupid I think it was until the closet like the the side um the closet weird secret door with all of the stuff thrown oh, wow. into yeah that's See, really I, late that was even after I, those two things, I think. I was um, thinking that, that they were playing the joke, and then like when I saw that radio, that yeah, solidified that, it. I was like, okay. That, I was not expecting it, dude. I really them. wasn't. I really wasn't. I thought this movie was all all, all her, all her, all in her head, like her her sleepwalking, her- Nah, that's too you know. easy. That's too easy. Yeah, but, but I didn't- I didn't know any better. Like, like, just, dude, there's so many fucking stupid, you know, horror movies out there in the world there where is. you can't. I can't put it past. I didn't think it was going to be this layered. <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> so obviously there's a lot more layers to this than what we're able to get into here. Me and Jay will take another pass at it sometime. Uh, sure. Like Jay said, maybe we'll talk about it on air. Maybe, maybe we won't. But we do encourage everybody to give it a second watch. If you're here with us, we're assuming that you've watched it at least at least one time. Um, I, I don't think it's as deep and as nuanced as like say Hereditary, where I think Hereditary has a lot of hidden symbols and meanings and stuff around. And when I say hidden, what I mean is the plot is spelled out in front of you all over the place <laughs> because uh, the, the payment symbol is all over the place in Hereditary. And if you just saw the symbol and then looked it up, you would have realized what was going on from the very beginning of that movie. But it, but it's still deep and it's still nuanced and stuff like that. And this may not be as deep, but it there's definitely things to discuss with it. There's definitely stuff to talk about. And that's what I love. I just love that it's a horror movie that makes you think a little bit oh yeah and it gives you something to talk about so sure we did have someone reach out to us on twitter to let us know what they thought of the lodge it was drew from the real feels podcast he told me to get ready because it's a bit slow but the second half saved it for me he enjoyed it a lot but he had some problems with some of the continuity and logic with the plot i think kind of he's getting into like what you were saying jay where it's like are these kids really that detail oriented to pull Mm -hmm. this off Mm -hmm. he's like however i enjoyed it good music sound design was great and cinematography was well done i agree tony from the take two podcast reached out to me on instagram and he said thought it was decent had hoped it would be better but it reminded me a lot of those directors earlier film good night mommy which i found to be more compelling which as i said when i started the review I actually was not that compelled by Goodnight Mommy. But, Jay, Goodnight Mommy is free streaming. If you download the Vudu app, uh, V-U-D-U, it's a Walmart streaming service. They have free movies on there as well. Goodnight Mommy is on there. It's from the same directors. So I kind of encourage you to check that one out, Jay, because while I didn't like it as much, you might be intrigued by it in the same way you were by this okay very similar so that's going to do it for super movie brothers this week i want to thank you all for listening if you would like to reach out to us and talk about some of the stuff that we were watching this week or some of the things that you've been watching you can reach out to me on twitter at super movie pod and i'm also on instagram smb dave jay where can everyone reach out to you facebook super movie bros podcast instagram super movie bros and also on twitter uh j underscore smb there you go so you can reach out to us there every week i'll be posting some of the stuff that i'm watching and we'll be talking about on the show and i'll be looking for your comments so that we can bring them up and have a discussion about them on the show and of course if you're enjoying the show please consider leaving us a five-star review on the podcast listening app of choice and if you're really enjoying the show we do have patreon available we have a new patreon episode that just came out this past week so you can head over to patreon.com slash super movie bros podcast and there for just one dollar you can get all of our additional episodes so i want to thank everybody for listening have a great one cheers cheers cheers